G'day, you wonderful human. It's Matty C here. We love that you make time to fit us at the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show into your day, and we want to help even more fantasy football players, no matter where you're from. To do this, we need your help. If you can tell just one person this week about our show and share where you listen to us, we'd be really appreciative of the support. Testimony from you who already join us and are part of our team really does help us reach new people. Also, giving us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app helps more people find the show, and it's more effective than you'd think. It's free, costs nothing, and takes just a moment of your time. We'd really love if you could help us so we can keep helping more people. Now, we ain't here for a haircut. Let's get into it. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Manger just said it was the first touch he got in yonks. Sorry, can I just quickly rewind the tape? Did you drop a yonks? He hasn't done something <laughs> in yonks? But yeah, I'm not dropping the pervert for like these sacks of shit. Aussie? Mate, got to lab of that Vegemite like it's tar on that toast, buddy. Well, Vegemite is non-negotiable. He, he was just supplying turds out there. Look, here's a turd, Mate. here's a turd. NFL? I'm so impressed with him. And uh, when I talk to him a bit later in the week, I'm going to let him really fucking know how much I admire that. Fantasy. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be classic. I get to call him a fraud, but then I also took the Texans this week, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Pretty crazy stuff happens in that victory town. Are you going to doubt my mum, Zay? It's almost like he makes it up. For the Aussie Gridiron Network, this is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. It's the only place where you'll find... Punters only leagues because we're Aussie, right? And so that's all we can do. We punt. Um, man, we got to start one of those, by the way. Punters only. I think that'd be heaps fun. The voice of Australian Gridiron is back, and he was triumphant in his return with the pastry performers in yesterday's show. Manjot Melly, welcome, mate. Yeah, I'm back. I'm very excited to be back, boys. I'm, I'm excited to be around here. So, yeah, shout out, shout out, boys, for having me back. So, thank you. Uh, for having me back. I'm very excited to be listening to a doctor today as well. Uh, it was a bit of a loving yesterday, actually. Taylor said it was a bit awkward that he kind of felt like a bit of a third wheel for you and I kind of just reconnecting oh, after yeah. all this time. Yeah, you guys <laughs> holding hands over there on the first date, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and Taylor's like, third wheel, third wheel, this is not awkward. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. That's Australia's greatest fantasy analyst and best third wheel, Taylor Goodall, joins us. <laughs> Mate, welcome back. Hopefully it's a reinforced wheel to hold me up. But uh, look, <laughs> fourth wheel back, as well. Uh, yeah, look, oh, it would be great if I could hang around for the doctor. Like it, yeah. it hasn't happened yet, but I'm sure it will this week. Right, it's playoffs time. Surely you, you'll strap in yeah. for it. I bet. No doubt. Absolutely. I'm sure. <laughs> and that's the thing, right? So it's playoff time, and we're going to dive into the mailbag pretty much straight out of the gate because we've got a whole bunch of folks who've just got iffy start situations. And if you're strong about your team, you don't have to worry so much. But if you're kind of in the trailing spot, you might feel like you need to take a shot or the weight that you put behind who you start in your flex or your second wide receiver, second running back, whatever it might be, kind of carries a bit more. If you get it wrong, you're probably going to hang yourself implications. So we're going to go to the experts. It's the funnest part, playoff time, baby. This is when you really, really hate yourself when you get it wrong. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and Manjot will recount this story in yesterday's show just really quickly about just how quickly things can swing to the up and then swing to the down. Well, like, Do you want to just quickly recap on the shotgun league real quick for those who missed it yesterday? Oh, man. That one bad beat. I was up five points and then the Titans scored two touchdowns against my Dolphins defense. 
And man, I went down by point one points. Oh, that was the toughest thing I've ever seen in fantasy. So, yeah, man, that that really burnt my eyes. Really did. Point one points, but it's not only those two touchdowns. You lose Justin Herbert. Mike Evans doesn't do shit. Like it's how many things had to go wrong, and you lost by point one. So it's just that's the salt in the wounds kind of game, and and it kind of sucks because you are relying on that to get you into a last playoff spot. Yeah, yeah I didn't realize Marshawn Lattimore played for Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> <You guys laughs> straight up. Now, fellas, we're going to dive into the mailbag. I've got the drop ready to roll. Have you got your serious analyst hats on? Because we're going to need it. I've got four questions today. Yeah, mate. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. It's it's what I've talked about, right, with the dog shit cake. Beforehand with Kirk Cousins, it was a perfectly sculpted, beautiful cream cake. And now it's like if you had a knife and there was a bit of dog shit on that knife and there's been a few knives cut into that cake, you've just got bits and pieces of dog shit in there. I've got my uh, yeah. Cobra on. You've got an analyst, a Cobra? Yeah, absolutely. Fucking okay. Well, whatever floats your boat, mate. And kind of considering the weather and fig trade this week, you might need a boat floated. Uh, I'm going to start with at the bearded jet, which uh, I don't know. Some of these handles have been great. That one's. I'm just kind of wondering if that's <laughs> like a bearded jet. The bearded jet. Bearded the jets. Um, he's got a quarterback question, and he's got the choice between. Uh, Matt Stafford versus Washington or Tua at the Jets? Uh, I didn't need need the second option. Stafford versus the world. Stafford, I don't even know if you're asking me first, but I've locked in. Um, Okay. Uh, Do you need me to say any more? Just a little bit. Why? (laughs) Just a little bit. Uh, Washington, uh, one of the worst defenses I've ever seen. And honestly, they they it was honestly by design. And I, I'm pretty sure I said it at the trade deadline when it happened. They basically traded two of their best defensive pieces. And what I'm starting to think is that I think the secondary was getting protected by the defensive line. I think sometimes they were able to pressure the quarterback. And, and it was actually probably not showing some of the weaknesses that were in the secondary already. And now that they don't have Young, now that they don't have Sweat, it's, it's just showing that they don't – they have a terrible secondary and they don't have a pass rush to stop the quarterback from actually exploiting it. So they have just been getting torched by everyone every single week. And Stafford's been great. Like, Stafford's been amazing the last few weeks. Yeah. And, and just having, like, Cup look like more of himself last week. Puka's been amazing. Uh, like, it's just been a great offense. Like, Kyron Williams has just made that offense even better. Like – there are just so many reasons to think the Rams are just going to roll through Washington this week. So uh, Stafford's definitely a guy I'm looking at to have a big week. So, yeah, it it would have had to have been a pretty compelling person on the other side. And and just to talk to Tua, Tua's the kind of – I'm actually benching him in my dynasty league. Yeah. To be fair, it's gone to week 15. It's not going to really matter for me. But uh, I, I don't like him against the Jets this week. Obviously, there's the questions around Tyreek Hill. If he wasn't to play, Tua just drops considerably. And then even if he does, is he hampered? Is against great Jets defense? Yeah, I think it's Stafford easily for me. Yeah, down with that. Hey, Manjot, who are you taking? Stafford versus Washington or Tua at the Jets? I think I'd take Stafford. That matchup against the Jets is pretty scary, especially if Tua doesn't have Tyreek. That is a big thing as well. If Tyreek's even half done as well, like if you don't have a full on Tyreek, that is going to be very, 
very concerning for Tua. We saw him very much struggle against the Titans last week, despite not even having Tua. And it, it's uh, sorry, despite not having Tyreek, he still wasn't able to exploit the Titans as well as he could have. So uh, I'm very concerned about Tua if he doesn't have Tyreek. So I take Stafford in this situation. I mean, he had half a Tyreek and he still managed to get like an 80-yard completion. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe half a Tyreek's better than a mere mortal, but uh, we'll definitely get the concern. And this is that thing, right? So, if you say all year you've just gone and danced with Tyreek and Tua Sack all year and now all of a sudden, if you don't win, you go home, right? So, now it's like, wow, I might actually have to bench the guy who who brought me here to just start a guy. It's, it's just This is where we're at. Uh, the other one that I've got here from Mopoke Stroke at Mopoke Stroke has got a running back dilemma. He's got AJ Dillon versus Tampa Bay or Devin Singletary at the Titans. I think, man, I know this is a long point. I'm going to slightly lean towards AJ Dillon. I don't know if he's injured as well, but I'm going to slightly lean his way. I think Tampa Bay is kind of letting up on the rushing game a bit more. Uh, so I, I, I think, yeah, I'd lean slightly towards AJ Dillon there. Devin Singletary ain't bad, though. I, I would say yeah. he's a pretty decent option this week. But I'm more scared of the Titans' defense than the Buccaneers' defense. Okay. You scared of the Titans' defense too? Well, no, not at all. But they are generally good against the run. Uh but they have had some games this year that they've let up a little bit. I remember Zach Moss torched them for like 150 one week. So it really is about what Titans team sort of turns up. <laughs> uh, I think if I had a lean, it would be Singletary uh, just because I've really, really liked him this year. And even though it looked like Pierce was sort of starting to take over, Singletary got the, the bulk of the work last week. So uh, it, it is a funny one, but I just don't like AJ Dillon. He just, it's just been horrendous. Like every time you think you can rely on this guy, he just doesn't do a lot. And that, that, the thing is, like, it is a dead giveaway when they're all of a sudden running like tiny Jaden Reed, like down the yeah. middle of the seams instead of handing it off to AJ Dillon. Like, I just don't have any confidence in him week to week. He had a good first half. I think he had close to 50 yards all purpose in the first half, and then they just completely went away from him. Like, I, I just don't have any trust in AJ Dillon, honestly. And, and I wouldn't even be surprised if, if they force Aaron Jones back coming off a loss to the Giants. So, if yeah. Jones is back, then Dylan just becomes a pumpkin anyway. So uh, I would take the shot on Singletary because, you know, even if Pierce is active, which it looks like he will be, I don't think that really hurts Singletary enough to not start him. So I, I would I would go off Singletary. Yeah, and for me too, it's kind of been weird to see Pierce's volume just kind of shrink. So um, I'm probably leaning Singletary there too, even though, it's not like either of these teams got horrendous rushing defenses. I think this is kind of part of the the right. basis of the question is like uh, the matchups are both shit. So yeah, it's two bad matchups for sure. Well, I don't really like either of them. Wow. Okay, so we're yeah. split on that one. I'm going to take the Singletary side. I mean, I don't feel great about either. So, but uh, but good luck to you, Mopoke Stroke at JBCD wants to know uh, at a wide receiver. He's got Hollywood Brown going up against San Francisco secondary or. He's got Tyler Lockett against the Eagles. Tay, what you doing? Uh, that's a pretty easy Lockett for me. I, I, I'm mainly on matchup, honestly. And obviously the fact that 
Hollywood's just done nothing. We've all we've expected him to have that boost with Kyler, and it just yeah. hasn't happened. And this week you go and play a Niners team. To be fair, they will be down. They will need to pass. I get it. But yeah. just really, I'm still just not confident going against that Niners team. I know they're technically in fantasy. The one place they can be beat is wide receiver, but it's purely just garbage time stuff. And I'm just not even sure that that's going to be what they will want for Hollywood. So I I would go lock it because Philly are ranked dead last against wide receivers in fantasy and their defense has looked worse and worse the last few weeks. I think yeah. they're getting tired from that gauntlet they've been running through. They've basically played like top sort of eight, six to eight teams in the last like five weeks in a row. Uh, it's been a bit of a gauntlet for them. So I, I, I like Lockett this week. I actually, even though there's obviously question marks about Geno and, and Drew Locke, I think Drew Locke's good enough. I don't know why. I've just been on this bandwagon that I don't think Drew Locke's actually that bad of a backup. I, I'm not saying he's like some fantastic quarterback that should be starting or anything, but if anyone was to come in and back up and, and you wanted to have your, say, fantasy asset, like a wide receiver like Lockett, Metcalf, whatever... I don't think Lock, uh, sorry, Drew Lock is actually that bad of an option for that yeah. because he airs it out. He's got no fear. Like the guy is fine with like Buddy turning it over three times, but he also has no fear of, of chucking it downfield. So I think there's going to be enough yards uh, in the passing game, even if it is Drew Lock. And then if it's Geno, you know, I'm fine with that, obviously too. So. I would take Lockett, and yeah, I've just got no confidence in Hollywood, and then especially playing the Niners. Yeah, it's been kind of weird for Hollywood's clearly just on a milk carton, but also Lockett's really just not been the he just hasn't had the boom weeks lately. Uh, Manjot, this is kind of one where what are we saying? We're going up against the legendary 49ers defense with Hollywood Brown, or are you going to go with Lockett against uh, an Eagles team who've generally been all right, but um, but, you know, the wide receivers where they're leaky. I would have said the same thing as Taylor too. Yeah, okay. Nah, I'm taking I'm taking Lockett against the Eagles based on that matchup. It's just yep. such a great matchup. Totally would take it, hundred percent. It's one of those things where fantasy doesn't always match what happens on the NFL field too, because uh, you know, you say, "Hey, we'll take the wide receiver against the uh, the team who've just been kind of running the to- right up near the top of the NFC all year and, and looking pretty pretty tough to beat." But um, in fantasy terms, yeah, you can chuck the ball against them. So it's um. It's kind of one of those funny little anomalies. Hey guys, I got one more from the uh, fantasy mailbag from at Fortune Bun Hundred, um, and Fortune Bun Hundred is going tight ends. Uh, we love a good tight oh, end here. Oh, love it! Love oh. a good tight end analysis. So you know this is going to be trash, don't you? <laughs> yeah, can't wait for this one. Fuck okay, it, Manjot. It's your boy Kyle Pitts at Carolina, <laughs> or. Logan Thomas at the Rams. Oh, the call. Oh my god! This is where it's at. So this is a so decision. Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts at where? Carolina. At Carolina. Okay, sorry, I, I was tripping for a second. I was like, "Shit, is, did you say Atlanta? Is he playing against his own team?" I was like, <laughs> so, I, "I'm so yeah." The COVID really hit him, man. That's uh, it. Yeah, COVID brain. Oh, COVID man. toe. It, that's it. That's it. I've got the Aaron Rodgers COVID toe at this point. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, Kyle Pitts normally plays against his own coach every week because they to be fair, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go Pitts just because I think I think Atlanta's just gonna somehow give him a touchdown. I I just don't know. I have that feeling he's gonna get a touchdown. 
Uh, maybe, you know, when I wake up on Monday morning, he's going to have two touchdowns or something by that time as well. Who knows? So, yeah, I'll, I'll arrive with Kyle Pitts. I think he's been Oof. improving slowly. His role has been improving slowly. But, yeah, just Pitts for now. Just Pitts. Giving him the shits. Hey, uh, Tay, what are you doing here? This is a hard one for me because with, with tight end, there's basically two things that I look at and two things only. First is matchup, and then second is ceiling. Like, as in, like, if, if I'm going to just sort of throw a guy in there without a lot of confidence, I want the, the thought that he might have a touchdown, like that there's a bit of a ceiling to him. That, And then maybe if yeah. he doesn't get a touchdown, he might actually have some big plays and get some yardage. And the problem is they, they go against each other here because Logan Thomas has a far better matchup, but uh, Kyle Pitts, to me, has a better ceiling. Uh, I know he doesn't get a lot of targets and things like that, but because of he's, he's a physical specimen and things yeah. have just gone a bit better with Atlanta with their offense. I don't know after the bye if they just decided to change things up a little bit. Like he even saw Drake London have like his biggest game of his career last week and it just gave me a little bit of confidence moving forward that the things might be changing and that's probably enough for me to go pits here. Like it's not really any great groundbreaking analysis here. It's just gut feel that I just feel yeah, like things yeah. might be changing a bit. And the thing is, if like like Pitts could do far more with four targets than I think Logan Thomas could do with eight. So yeah. I just feel like if I'm looking for some sort of breakout game, it's going to be Pitts, not Logan Thomas. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Pitts. But if you're out there and you're looking for a, a floor, I think Logan Thomas may have a better one than Pitts because Pitts could do nothing. Um, I know Logan Thomas can too. I've seen gooses from him. Uh, but I think, uh, <laughs> in this matchup against um, the Rams, I think they will be passing a lot. And I think there is a baseline because the Rams don't defend the tight end position. So uh, if you want four to five points, go Logan Thomas. If you want a chance at over 10, go Pitts. Yeah. And, look, and for the same reason, right? I just got to think uh, as, as horrible as that Atlanta offense has been this year, they're winning games, and all of a sudden, Pitts is starting to kind of find some opportunity. So, I think I'm probably leaning that way. I mean, all these have been very tough on coin flip in a lot. Of, you know, this none of these I don't think have been particularly slam dunk. So, yeah, except for Lockett. Uh, I mean, we smashed Matt Stafford too, didn't we? Yeah, 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 that one too. But yeah, honestly, this one was kind of tough because it's tight end. Let me be real. When Taylor said, "I've seen Logan Thomas." have goose eggs too. I'm like, I could name every single tight end in the league. Maybe <laughs> exactly. not Travis Kelsey, but even then Travis Kelsey laying goose yeah. eggs. So, yeah. Tight end is just absolute uh, ass, as I like to say. Because we all like to say. They they are ass. They're not even people. Kickers are people too, but not not tight ends. We've helped four people with any luck. Um, there might be others out there who are uh, tossing things up and who are just going to benefit a bit from hearing some of the reasoning behind why we're doing what we're doing. But um, that's we, we're going to have four more tomorrow as well. So um, we'll, we'll come back to the mailbag. Hey, fellas, um, that means that on our Saturday show, firstly, it's um, it's been Capital Bowl Day in Canberra today too, Manjot, and it's going to be great to bring that game to people. We've got a women's game and then we've also got the the Capital Bowl Grand Final as well. The, the women's is an exhibition game. We've got the mighty Nepean Ducks coming down to play the University of Canberra Stars in an exhibition. And then we'll have the main game between the Centurions, the undefeated Centurions, and the Gungalan Wolves. So I'm looking forward to that too, man. It'll be uh, a weird yeah. setup because we're doing it a bit different this time around, but uh, it'll be good to be back on the mic with you, mate. 
hundred percent. Yeah, not sure. Not sure if I'm fully back. Like, as in, if I'm doing like color or whatever. But you know, it'd be good to be back some in somewhat shape or form, yeah. uh, some way, shape or form, on the commentary booth. Depends what Miles wants me to do. But yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a great day, Maddie. Uh, yes. My tip for the moment, um, I've got a tip. Go say Centurion's gonna make history five in a row bookmark it. I think it's gonna happen. Just they're just yeah. too dominant across the board. And I don't think they've really looked like getting beaten all season. They only lost the game this year because they had to forfeit not having enough players. So that's literally what it takes to beat them, I think. So yeah. my tip, probably the smart tip as well, the Centurions. They've only lost one game in the last five years as well. I'd be very surprised if the Wolves could beat them. But, yeah, at the moment, Centurion's all the way for me. And the week just gone, we saw players who were iffy just rest. So they'd be ready for this this uh, matchup this weekend for Centurion. So I'm kind of feeling like it could be a little bit of one-way traffic and not to say that the Wolves aren't really worthy of being there. It's just, um, yeah, one team looks looks really strong and has continued to show the strength. So it's, uh, it's very difficult to go against. And, um, and again, like, it'll be... Uh, no matter which way it goes, you've either got a club winning their first championship or you've got one winning the fifth in a row. So but both are going to be very notable for their own reasons. But that is Capital Bowl 31. You'll find that on YouTube. Just search up ACGL or MN live streaming and you can find it either way. And you get the dulcet tones of Manjot Melly with the occasional sprinklings in of Maddie C. Yeah, 100%. All the other way around. We don't even know yet. Hey, um... Tay, you hanging around for Dr. Goodcall because he's on his way. Guys, this is actually Dr. Goodcall now. I just heard from Taylor. <laughs> he's actually been swept away. He's built Noah's Ark, but instead of taking two of every animal, he's eating two of every animal. <laughs> <Exactly>. oh. <laughs> I wonder what Andy started with, where he started with the small animals or he just started out of the big ones. And we just, two oh, giraffes. What you, what, what you said what end, all I pictured was him eating the arsehole end. Of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> Dr. Goodcall likes you to take your pants off no matter what you're there for the consultation. Mate, I've got an eye concern. Uh, pants off and get on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, did you say ass problem? <laughs> this sounds very, very familiar. Uh, okay, Doctor, uh, let's, let's kick this off with a little bit of a recap from last week because last week was um, – across the board, I think you did a really great job of identifying some guys, but I don't want to blow the smoke too high just yet. I'd like you to give me your feeling about how you travelled last week because you're bold in picking a guy who I think wouldn't usually be available at quarterback, but it wasn't always necessarily going to be a great matchup for him. Oh, mate, I thought this was one of my best weeks by mile. It was actually... uh, you know, I don't want to give away all the positions before I talk about it, but like it, it was just one that I was really, really happy with the analysis. Uh, obviously, it went a stack, um, and it was one for a team that a lot of people hadn't seen a lot out of this year. And uh, I was definitely saying that I'm bullish on this team, and and it, and it definitely worked out. So yeah, it took Justin Fields, which for a while there at the start of the year he wouldn't have sort of fit this segment, but there's been a lot of question marks about him this year. Uh, and then the fact he's sort of coming back from from injury and and, and stuff like that, and, and I think a lot of people thought the Lions were just going to roll this team this week. So I took Justin Fields, uh, and you know he smashed out an amazing game. You know, huge amount of rushing yards. Uh, yeah, you, you know, over twenty six points. Side a line of him at sixteen and a half. 
uh, and he and he smashed through it. So you know, threw a touchdown. You know, um, rush for like I said, a lot of yards. Never even looked like missing that line. Honestly, he he was rushing, even though he wasn't getting a huge amount of passing yards early. Just the fact he had that rushing baseline just gave me the confidence straight away. And the fact that they obviously I took a shot saying that I thought the Bears were a very good chance of beating the Lions, which obviously gave Fields a bit of a positive game script, and uh, it, it just it just worked out for him for sure. So yeah, I was really really happy with that call. Yeah, excellent call, and that. This is the thing you were mentioning about him is that it's not only, and I think this is really important, is that where you get a chance to pick up a guy like this, and this is exactly why I went out and found him in a 16-team league where he'd just been left for dead, is that he's got this rushing baseline that just makes such a difference in fantasy. Yep, 100%. And like I said, I think the question marks were that people are worried about his arm, and, and I get that, but uh, I, the matchup was just perfect because Detroit, they've just been giving it up to every single quarterback, especially in the passing game. And oh, the only worry, I guess, you could have looked at is that they've been good at defending the rushing attempts, but it's more been the running backs. That, oh, I haven't been certain that they've been able to defend rushing quarterbacks. So I took the shot there that Fields would have a good enough game against this terrible secondary, uh, just giving it up to everyone. And then he would obviously have the rushing base on as well. So, yeah, it all sort of just worked out. And over 26 points in this format is a massive game. Nailed it. Now, the Thursday night game saw uh, the Patriots and the Steelers take it up. And we, we know that without uh, Ramondre Stevenson, that Zeke was your pick. What yep. did you like about that matchup for Zeke and how did it all pan out? It, it panned out, honestly, even better than I could have even dreamed, to be honest. Because if, if you listen back to that podcast, my huge point was that I didn't believe – look, I didn't believe in the offense. I get it. But the fact was that he was going to get all this work. You'd seen him go four for 40 in the passing game in basically a half after Ramondre went out the week earlier. And I just thought, what could this guy do with all the snaps in a full game? And basically, he doubled it. <laughs> you know, what is that? Eight for eight? What was it eight for 80? Or he had something like that in the passing game. He had a touchdown, uh, 27, you know, points in fantasy. It was just a massive game just to kick off Thursday night football and – I couldn't have been honestly happy. You should have seen Buddy, Dr. Goodcall, a massive smile. Looked like he'd Buddy, you know, stuck something in his cheeks or something. But uh, it was it was an amazing um, first up game because it was an it was a. I don't think everyone would have been on the Zeke train to be honest. Uh, there's definitely some uh, group chats that I was in where people were saying, "Geez, I didn't see a Zeke, you know, uh, game coming. I didn't have that on my bingo card." And oh wow, I was like, sort of sit there and say that that's exactly what I. Uh, had, had predicted. Uh, look, I didn't think that the Patrick. I'd never picked the Patriots to be up like they were, which helped even more. Uh, but the fact that he was able to get an early touchdown, all that receiving work, and then look, look, he wasn't amazing on the ground, but he got enough work to get enough yards on the ground. So yeah, I was really, really happy with that. Yeah, so it didn't matter. But he wound up with twenty touches on the ground, which is like vintage Zeke, right? Um, but yeah, those eight targets. That was that was what you're looking for, right? Yeah, all of a sudden he was going to have this access to targets. He played ninety-one percent of the offensive snaps too, which is something that he hadn't really played above forty all year. So, well, but um, right. now that you take away all his rushing yards and his touchdown, he's still scoring about sixteen points. Like, and I, I would have been happy with that. <laughs> Honestly, with you know that would have been well over the base the the line that we even set. Yeah, so, he had a line of nine and a half, and he just gobbled that motherfucker right up. So there you go. 
Mate, um, an old boyfriend of yours made an appearance at wide receiver this week. Tell us about it. And, and this is the funny thing, right, is this is the, the one thing I got wrong for the week. And even if he, he listened to me on the podcast, there was a bit of a caveat that if I thought if Amari Cooper was playing, it, I wasn't going to be as in on this. And, and in the end, Amari Cooper played, and he still ended up 7.2. So I was kind of fine with it, to be honest. So I, I've, I've, I really like this offense for the receivers with Joe Flacco because, don't get me wrong, like, you know, Joe Flacco was on a couch a couple of weeks ago. But he just look, he just airs it out. Like he is far better for this team than you know, broken to Sean Watson and and a rookie in DTR is. Like he's he's not scared. He if he has to turn the ball over a couple of times to then throw three touchdowns, he's going to do it because he's a veteran and he knows what he's doing and he doesn't care. Uh, he's not playing for a future job or anything like that. He's just going to get out there and do it. So. He, he looks really good with this offense, and I've seen a rapport with him and Elijah Moore, and like you saw it at the Jets in the, in previous year as well. So, yeah, I just thought I'd take a shot on this, and like I said, it was probably more because I thought Cooper was going to be out with the, the concussion protocol that for some reason, because Brock Purdy passed it earlier in the year, now yeah. all of a sudden everyone passes it. It's just a complete change from what we saw earlier in the year, so... I just took a shot that uh, Cooper would be out and then you'd see more, more, more. Um, but in the end, he was there. He still got 7.2. It didn't kill anyone. So I'm fine with it. You're lying 7.5 too. So I always feel bad putting a cross next to something where you're out by a, literally a decimal. You just, anyway. I, I, I feel like it's mean putting a cross on that. So if that's the wrongest thing in your week, not bad. Hey, mate, strike up the chorus, by the way. Cole Coleman. Cole Now sing me a song about how he played. Oh, absolutely amazing, mate. It was, uh, <laughs> it was like, again, like 11 points. You're not going to look at that and go, oh, like, you know, won me my week or anything like that. But, again, I, don't, I just think a lot of people weren't confident in this uh, Bears passing game. And I just really thought against Detroit that this wasn't, like a big breakout moment for Fields. And this is the kind of game that if he's going to showcase himself to the Bears for this last few games of the season, this was the perfect sort of, you know, time to do it. So, you know, Cole Komet's actually surprisingly been great this year. <laughs> if you actually look at it, I think he's tied in five or six on the gear. Like he, he, he's he been actually surprisingly good without you actually realizing it. And I thought this was a great matchup. I was in on fields, and I thought, why not stake that bitch up? Shout out, Brendo. Uh, and and it was a great opportunity, and 11 points in the tight end position. You're fucking laughing with that. Mm. Games that Komet hasn't had seven targets since week seven. Just once, and he had six targets. Like, he is a, a really involved piece of their offense now. Yep. No, absolutely. And like I said, never um, never wrong just early. Uh, definitely talked to Cole Komet a bit up last year. And then he, had, then he had a good second half of the year. So I guess the writing was on the wall a little bit more than we probably realized. But the question mark's always been Fields' arm. Uh, and in the end, like, he's starting to look a lot better at the moment. So, you know, happy days at the Bears right now. Happy days. So you wind up with Fields on a line of 16 and a half, goes out and throws up a 26-plus. Zeke on a line of nine and a half goes and throws up 27. Elijah Moore's line was 7.5. You get 7.2. And that's the meanest cross I think I've ever had to put on a spreadsheet in my life. And then Cole Command at 7.5 goes and throws up only 11.6. So it's just tick, 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 tick. And the one that wasn't a tick was probably a bit unfair not to be a tick, to be honest. So not a bad week on the good medicine. But, mate, your fantasy fade was a pretty bold one too because he's been a darling of yours as well. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And, and this was uh, this was me sort of taking a shot on the other side is that I thought the Bears' defense is just horribly underrated and, and especially going into that week. And everyone just assumed, you know, Lions get back on track. Their offense, you know, was pretty good the week earlier, scoring 30-odd points against the Saints. They're just going to go in and roll the Bears. And I had a look and I just thought, I don't believe that's going to be the case this week. Obviously, Goff's been a lot worse on the road than he's been uh, you know, in the indoor conditions, you know, in Detroit. But I just really thought this Bears defense was getting slept on. And I thought this was a moment where I thought Goff was going to struggle. And I was, I'm just 100% correct. It was a one wow. touchdown, a couple of turnovers. He, he just didn't look great at all. Didn't throw for many yards. It was like Omen Ra St. Brown's like worst game by a mile this season. Wow. Uh, they just couldn't get anything going in this offense at all. Like even... They got it in terms of yards per carry. They got the running game going, but then because they started getting boat race, they they couldn't even use it anymore. They had to start passing, and they couldn't get anything doing uh, anything done. So yeah, I was really really happy with this call. Yeah, yeah, excellent call. And because like we'd seen two only three weeks ago, Goff actually really did struggle against this very same matchup at home. So you know what makes you think it's going to be any better when he goes on the road? The comment I put on here, and I think you'll like this, is that. Um, even if Goff tried to throw the towel in, that was going to get intercepted too. It was just one of those days for Goff. He <laughs> <laughs> right, goes and throws up a princely 8.4. Even Manjot's awake and laughing at that one. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I, I like that. I like that. Try to throw in the towel, but I got intercepted too. That's a good one. Yeah. Honestly, with all Very these good call calls, by the way, I would especially over last week, 100%. Man, Manjot, I miss Manjot because he just like he he keeps Doctor Good Call happy with all his overpicks. He, he loves yeah. a good. <laughs> <laughs> of course I, mean, I do. Yeah, I mean Taylor was talking about me and Maddie having a love him. Me and Doctor Good Call oh, all season. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, it's, that's a whole different. Yeah, that's we, a whole we like different that on the podcast, Manjot. I think we um I'm, was it last week or the week before, Maddie? We actually sort of broke down that like Manjot was like five points ahead of you or something on the picking, and we were like, it's probably actually shows that I've had such a good year on this segment this yeah. year because I think Manjot's taking the over probably 80 or 90% of the time and he's yeah. winning yeah. against you because of it. So uh, it, it shows that this is probably – I honestly think this has probably been my best year because there, there was a few weeks earlier in the year where I was just missing on quarterbacks and things were just like so close to going right. And then it just felt like around mid-season it just clicked and it feels like pretty much every week since then – I've got like 75 or like, I think there's always been like one, if you count the fades and the four that I've probably got wrong. Yeah, and it's like, 75 to 80%. Got, yeah. Yeah, I've pretty much got everything else right. So it's been uh, it's been a good run for Dr. Goodcore for sure. Well, there you go. I mean, this is the thing. I, I now have to try and take speculative unders just to try and catch some yeah. up. And it has <laughs> fucking not been working because, man, John, I'm going to give a scoreboard here. And in the last two weeks, I've still been picking overs and unders. They're not going on the scoreboard. But Manjot currently leads 27 to 23. Yeah. So I've fucking what got my work cut out with- for me to try and catch this up. I, I don't think I've got time to turn this into a, a Maddie comes home and, and wins at the death. I, I think the best I can do is hope to catch up. Yeah, you got to force some unders, mate. It looks like because Manjot's well, Manjot doesn't know what I'm picking yet, but yeah. if he like he, he generally likes them, so uh, yeah, you might have to go some unders. Yeah, hundred percent. 
Hundred percent. I mean, this is the thing. I've just got to, this is kind of like in the tipping competition for uh, get a gridiron versus the fantasy guys. Is I'm uh, I, I have to calculatedly take some some iffy ones. So like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was the only one who took a Cardinals at um, at Pittsburgh, but then I completely pissed it away ten minutes later by taking the Jets. So you know, this is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Probably all face. So man, John, you're in the box seat here. You've got twenty seven points. I've got twenty three. We've got the the good medicine coming up for this week. And, uh, mate, I don't know. If, if I'm trailing, I might have to go first on the first one um, just to yeah, try right. and make the catch up here. So, Dr. Goodcall, have at it. Have at it. All right, boys. Now, this one is a mixture. It's sort of like the world's colliding in terms of this guy looking good for the last few weeks and then what he's coming up against is just two cheeks and, and a fucking crack down the middle. Uh, it is Matthew Stafford. Uh, up against the Washington Wankers, uh, who are second last against quarterback. I can't believe that. Uh, I would love to see the stats just on the last four or five weeks. Like, they would be about 50th out of 32 teams. Uh, they they cannot stop an ass bleed, mate. Like, they are so, so bad. Like, it, it, it's everywhere, too. It's on the ground. It's in the air. It's... It's just terrible. Like they, they clearly they gave up at, at trade deadline. They basically said we we don't need this defense anymore, and they got rid of their two best pieces. And now all of a sudden their secondary is getting exposed, and they can't stop it. Like they can't stop yeah. anything. Run, they run, and then all of a sudden there's a play action, and they can't defend that either. Uh, and <laughs> like I just think that's going to happen all game. Matthew Stafford has Puka Nakua. They've got Cooper Cup looking like himself again. Uh, and and Kyron Williams has just been amazing. Well, like, this team is just humming right now. They they were unlucky last week. They 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 took the Ravens to absolute death. They went to overtime and we got unlucky on a punt return to lose. Like uh, the fact that you, you're going against the best team right now in the AFC on in their home field and you're taking them to overtime. I think this team is actually humming right now. So ah. I think they're going to clean up Washington, and I think Matthew Stafford's going to be a huge beneficiary beneficiary of that. We love that. Here is six and seven team are uh, currently cleaning up, um, and just like look like things are, are, are pointing in the right direction for them. Mate, um, I, I don't know where you're going to have to put the line on this one for me to take the under because I'm I'm all about the Matt Stafford this week. Uh, he's one of my options in the Astro League, so I'm really pulling for him to have a pretty good week. Um, my future relies on it in that league, so does Manjots. So uh, I can't wait to see where the line goes on this one because uh, I'm probably going up. Sort of fluctuated between. It obviously depends on like how my confidence levels. Sort of always sits around the fifteen to sixteen mark. I'm actually going to go seventeen point five. I I am actually really really confident. I know he doesn't have a rushing baseline, which can hurt, and that's obviously yeah. what helped him fields last week. But I am really really confident that he's going to have the yards and the touchdowns this week. Yeah. I mean, what gives me confidence is I saw them go eight straight plays to get down into the red zone last week on their first drive and then go three straight passes when they got to the red zone. So I'm exactly. like, yeah, I know what their MO is. Manjot, what are you doing with Matty Stafford at 17 and a half? Matty Stafford, 17 and a half. At I'll Washington. go take the over. <laughs> yeah, good on you, mate. Yes. Good on you. <laughs> we hope he scores 40, don't we, Manjot? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Just selfishly for Astro League purposes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why I'm, I love having uh, Fields, Stafford, and... Uh, and Russ, who's not us. Russ. Russ, yep, Russ. That's why I love having all three of them. So I think we could play Stafford this week and then 
the next couple of weeks. That, that would be my recommendation for this week, absolutely. Yeah. Love yeah, it. Okay, so we're two overs. And, uh, I mean, and we also learned that just kind of like how the other week when I said that Arizona were 300th in the league against rushing defense uh, for fantasy points, uh, it, it certainly looks like Washington are no better than that for fantasy points against quarterbacks. About 300th in the league, mate. PFF rated uh, 300th against the yeah. pass. <laughs> 300th against everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How are we looking for the running back, Doctor? So this is, I guess, you could take see it as a little bit of a risk because I'm probably taking a shot on, uh, I guess, the guy in front of him being injured. So I, I really like Ty Chandler uh, up against the Bengals this week. Uh, the Bengals have been pretty leaky to the running back position. They're 16th overall, but I think that's been – on the way up or down, I guess, however you're looking at it. It's it's definitely going the wrong direction for them in terms of defending the running back position in the last few weeks. Uh, he's only 5% started right now, so it's interesting. I think a lot of people are obviously going to be keeping an eye on the Madison news. I really don't think he's playing. Like uh. Everything that I'm hearing out of that, that ankle injury is it doesn't look good. It could even be an IR like situation. It's probably a little bit late. They might just wait it out, but uh, I think he could miss multiple weeks. And I think this week against his Bengals team, Ty Chandler is going to is gonna be great because I really feel like every time you watch him, it kind of reminds me of a bit of like Tony Pollard from last year. Like He really looks like he's got juice. Like He, to me, looks like the better player. Even look at Najee Harris and, and Jalen Warren. I, I just think that he's got the juice. He looks really, really good when he's out there. Uh, and if he's going to get more and more snaps this week, uh, and obviously we don't know exactly what's going to happen at the quarterback position. We know it's Mullins, but we know it's going to be tough for him yeah. to move the ball through the air. So I think they're going to need the run game. And I really think Chandler's going to get good volume this week. And uh, he's the kind of guy that could break off a big play. So even if he's struggling initially, all it's going to take is one or two big plays and you'd be laughing. I mean, Manchot, we've seen that that offense has had all kinds of weird quirks about how it works lately. But something's got to work, right? Like they've got to move the ball somewhere. Do you have any confidence in this? Oh, it's tough. It's tough. I, I I personally haven't had much confidence in Minnesota running backs all season. Obviously, if Madison, now we're talking about Chandler. Yeah, I don't see too much. I think Chandler's definitely been the better out of all of them. Cam makers as well. Some of those other guys in there, like Ron Blue. I, I, I definitely think Chandler's been the best out of the bunch. But yeah. at the moment, I'm, I'm going to... Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Not entirely sure here. I just can't wait to see where the line lands buddy. on this one. That's this all. I just cannot, cannot wait to see what's going on here. What, what's your line? Come on. You, you know you got me interested. Yeah, again, it's probably one I'm taking a bit of a shot on, so it's probably not going to be a real high line. Uh, I'm going to set it. He does get involved in the passing game, though. Uh, I'm going to set it. I'm going to go 8.5. I'm actually a little bit more confident than I thought. I was thinking 7, and then yeah. I thought, you know what, I'm going to go. I just don't – 7.5 is an odd line. Like, I don't know if that's confidence enough to put them in this segment if I'm going to say 7.5. So, yeah, I'm going to go with 8. Well, yeah, and so you're saying 8 flat. Because, I mean, the great thing is because they're scoring one-point decimals unless they're passing as well, then you don't have to worry about setting a half on – a lot of these either, and we've been using half. Yeah, it's yeah. really kind of how Aussies talk with, with overs and unders. Um, 
you know, we, we usually talk about, you know, this team's going to win by three and a half points or whatever. And, and it's half a number. But in this, you can, you can set it at a flat number and and it won't matter. Like, because he can score 7.8. Yep. Yeah. Eight flat's good here. I like it. <laughs> eight flat. <sighs> All right, man. You've got the line on this one. What are you doing? Going over or under? I'm going to take the. I'll yeah. Go the you had to after what you said. Yeah, I'm not that confident. You know. Do you know this is my opportunity to just go the over and hope, don't you? <laughs> it's the passing yard. That, it, that's what I'm hoping for is the passing and the yardage there. Like, again, I don't have a heap of confidence that they can move the ball, even though Cincinnati are not a, a tremendous defense against, against running backs for fantasy points. But last week shattered every bit of confidence I have in Minnesota about anything. <laughs> so. That's and that's fair enough, absolutely. It was weird though; they they seem to actually run the ball all right they, on the Raiders. They just I don't know what it was. They decided that they needed to pass, and they just shouldn't have ever. Yeah, yeah. I just it was infuriating to watch. Really infuriating. Oh my god! And this offensive line will need to get better for this call to to work. But again, if, if you've got a bad offensive line, the only thing that's going to like beat it is by someone having enough speed to just, like, get speed? through that yep. tiny bit of a gap, time that tiny seam, and then run it for 20-odd yards instead of, like, it being like a Madison who gets through the seam and then can still only turn it into six. Um, that That's my confidence level. Is it's more the player himself that I've liked seeing, more so than his situation with his team. Yeah, you can either do it with speed, do it with misdirection, or try and get screens on. And I'm not sure that Minnesota are good enough to do two of those three. So it's got to be speed. <laughs> so we'll see yeah. how it goes. Absolutely. Uh, mate, this is my favorite position in the universe, Manjot Knight. Clearly the wide receivers you would go to if you needed a start for Dr. Goodcall. But because we're not in the NFL, you need to pick somebody else. And look, I think Manjot's going to like this one. Uh, he's been he's been. Quite consistent, funnily enough, for the last few weeks. And the fact that they lost their number one receiver a few weeks ago, it's just uh, turned the tides for him a bit. I want to take OBJ. Um, and he's up Ooh. against the Jags. They were 25th uh, against wide receiver. Um, he's only 19% started. I, I did take this probably a few hours ago. But uh, I was actually surprised by that because he's actually been pretty consistent over the last few weeks. And uh, I, I did think that when Andrews went down, that it was going to mean an uptick to these wide receivers. And because I just didn't believe the likely, even though I like him, nice, nice wordplay there. I like what you did. Uh, that I didn't believe he was going to take a full Andrews, you know, workload. And it just meant it had to go somewhere else. Uh, and you finally last week got a game where Lamar felt the need to pass and it wasn't just, you know, the running back stealing everything. And yep. Lamar really showed his passing prowess last week. And I think that happens again here. I think the Jags are very beatable in the air. Uh, you even saw Browning really, really tear him apart last week. So, um, sorry, two weeks ago. Um, and, yeah, even Flacco did last week. So, yeah. yeah, I really don't see why uh, Lamar can't do that again. And I'm pretty confident in OBJ because to me, he Flowers sort of gets the shorter intermediate routes, uh, whereas OBJ looks like the deep threat. Uh, and I really think there's, there's at least one or two big plays in him this week. Yeah, his big yardage games have been on four catches. Like, it's just he's the yeah. vertical guy. So, 
Ah, oh, this is so funny because you're looking at all these guys who I've been sniffing out for starts of the week, Doc. So it's uh, you know I'm loving this. Hey, uh, man, Jock, we know that you're an OBJ guy. We know that you're a Lamar Jackson guy. This must make your heart so happy. Yeah, I need to hear three letters, OBJ, and I was like, convinced. <laughs> yep, that's about what I expected. He, he's got that's a three-letter thing going on because he's got BDN, he's got BCB, BCB. OBJ. BCB. He's got a bunch of them. This is the man-shot naming uh, convention. Is It's all going to boil down to three initials. That's it. If you don't have three initials, yeah. you're fucked. So Ty, Ty Chandler, this is 100% why Manjot's not in on Ty Chandler. There's no, there's nothing there. Ty C. That's it. We all know uh, Matthew Stafford's JMS for John Matthew Stafford, right? Oh, no. Don't, never yeah. that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, John. Oh, John. I heard the story from Taylor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just making oh, sure that you man. call that one. Um, <laughs> I'm going first on this one. I need to know the line, though. I'm, I'm in on OBJ, by the way. Just I'm playing my hand early. I'm in. I'm kind of liking the idea of not having not doing the point five. so I'm going to go a nine flat. Oh, I'm in. I'm up. I'm going the overs. I've got three overs. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm yeah, in the over. Man, hitting the over. Of course he is. Yeah. Of course he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah He's got I'm beer and Skittles over. in the OBJ camp over here. Well, yeah. without without you teasing me into the next position, I'm going to stick with the Ravens, and I'm going Isaiah Likely at tight end. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh a wide receiver tight end stack. Uncommon Ravens stack, baby. I'm trying to really, really make it weird for the playoffs, but uh, this is sort of a confidence play in what I just said. I'm, I'm probably going to steal a lot of what I just said. Uh, the fact that I'm, I've just got confidence in Lamar. I think he looked great in the passing game last week. I feel like the Jags are more beatable in the air than they are on the ground. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like, again, they're probably going to pass. And I just think it's getting funneled to these two guys at the moment. I I know, I know Zay Flowers is involved too, but like I said, he gets the intermediate routes and it's really up to Yak for him to sort of succeed. I really feel like they've completely just zoned out Rashad Bateman. I feel like it's just three guys. Uh, and I really think these two could dominate this week. Uh, the Jags are 28th against tight end in the league. So for fantasy, I just feel like it's an amazing opportunity for likely to have a really, really good game again. Yeah, it turns out if you can't find the tight end who's starting against the Raiders, the tight end against the Jags is actually a pretty <laughs> good tight end to pick up. So, Manjot, are you a believer? Are you likely oh. to take likely? <laughs> I'm a believer. I've been in a few leagues this year. And then so, you know, I've been a, I've, I've, I took him as starts a few weeks ago as well. You did, man. So, yeah, I think that was the week I won before I did for my break. I think I had That's a 50-yard so, reception out of him too or something. Mad. It was awesome. Yeah, so I'm obviously pretty high and likely already. I've always – I think out of the three of us plus Taylor – I am the highest out and likely by far in this in this entire podcast. So, yeah, definitely. I like this call, Dr. Good Call. I, I love my Lamar receivers. All right. We need a line here because Manjot's going to go the over. I can smell it. <laughs> yep. All right. We're going to go 8.5 on this one. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to hit the over. Very rare tight end over for me. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's Just normally the only one you go on. Yeah. So uh, on the, no, I was going to go the four far, but I'm not. I'm going to take the under or likely. And that gives us two points of difference this week, man. Jot, two chances for me to catch up or potentially nothing changes or, or maybe you steam further ahead. But um, 
That's that's how I've, I've taken that one. I'm going the under on eight and a half. So I've got Stafford versus Washington. They're 31st against quarterback. Complete R, 17.5 points. We're both going overs on that. Kind of selfishly as well because we kind of need him in a league. Ty Chandler versus Cincinnati, who are asked against running back, but also an eight-point line. It got me in. Manjot's not buying it, but Maddie C's there, hook, line, and sinker. For wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr. turning back the clock, which I love, but it's going to be against the Jags, which I don't love. 25th against wide receiver, a line of nine. You can't stop us boys from getting on that. We're all over, OBJ. And then Isaiah Likely in the same game, the same game multi, if you will, uh, the red wide receiver stack where the Jags are also pus against tight ends, 28th, in fact, eight and a half. So 17 and a half plus between these two guys. Man, just taking the over on that. You couldn't sell me on that one, though, Doctor. So um, so I'm taking the under. We've got a fade coming up. We've got a fantasy fade. The only thing I normally sell to you is penis pills, mate. So I guess you didn't want this. Uh, look... I've got a little name. I've got another little uh, grouping uh, from a fantasy fade this time instead of uh, doing it in the, uh, you know, positions for Dr. Goodcall. Uh, I'm calling this the old dogs not learning new tricks. And Ooh. it's basically me. I do this with a bit of sadness because it feels like it's been like a resurgence for the old receivers and the old players this year. It's like a lot of these guys, like people were down on, uh, because of their age, they, they sort of faded them in drafts and things like that, and all of a sudden they just dominated. Uh, but I'm thinking for this week, I've got three elder statesmen, let's call them, and uh, I believe all three of them are going to struggle this week specifically. I'm going to start with the biggest name of the three because uh, he sort of tails off in terms of like sort of star percentage, but I sort of wanted to group these three because I feel like they're all players that have either gone well recently or... Uh, had a good season overall or just been dominant in general. So I feel like they're all at least guys people are looking at starting. Uh, so my first one is Keenan Allen. And honestly, I, I put a sad face next to this uh, because he's been unbelievable this year. Like the guy has been phenomenal for anyone that's drafted him. Like I guarantee you, if you've drafted him, you're probably in the playoffs. Like there's just no other way around it. Uh, but again, with, with the huge downgrade at quarterback, the Raiders aren't, hugely beatable at wide receiver. They're actually 10th against that position. Um, but just really, I think this team's packing it in. They're going to fire their coach soon. They have to. Yeah. Uh, I think this team's thinking about next year. And unfortunately, it's just going to hurt Keenan Allen. Man, you've been in on Keenan Allen this year too. Pull one out for him. You feeling sad? Yeah, I'm actually going to agree with the doctor this one. Without Herbert, I, I don't trust Easton Sick. Honestly, especially for a name like that. I'm sorry, man. I, I don't want to roast the dude based on his name, but Eastern Stick. I mean, oh, man. It, I, I remember this week watching the game and Herbert goes out, which absolutely killed my shotgun team with him only having 1.84 points. But anyway, I digress. I shall not be depressed about that shit again. But look, after Herbert went out, I said Eastern shit on Stick. I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I love it. I love that. Out of here. Eastern shit on stick. I, I just feel like that's a perfect day. Describe it for the moment. But I think, you know, it could be decent, but I just don't see it on a short week. I think Keaton Allen's in a lot of trouble. And so, and so are his fantasy owners, too. Well, yeah, that's a great consideration. 
shout out to uh, Taylor and his Kelly Cup team. Uh, he's got two of these three guys uh, starting for his Kelly oh, Cup shithouse team this he's week. Fucked. So good, good luck to him. Good luck, mate. Yeah, yeah. he's fucked. He's fucked. It's going to just be a hilarious if it turns out he is Eastern Heaven on a stick. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, That'd be good for Taylor, but uh, yeah. not good for this segment. No, so that's the thing, you know. Who's the bigger – who deserves the, the bigger, like, you know, pantsing here? <laughs> that's, that's the question. Probably <laughs> Taylor, let's be honest. Okay. Uh, can't both win. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm way better than that piece of shit. Anyway, uh, next one's Adam Thielen. Uh, obviously, if you look at his sort of full season, I think people still are starting him. Uh, it's just obviously tough with Bryce Young, but this matchup against Atlanta actually is pretty bad. They're third against yeah. wide receiver, and Bryce, I, I just can't like you know put it out there enough how bad this offense looks. Like each week, you're just expecting to see some sort of flash out of Bryce Young. And you're just not getting it. If anything, he's trying to throw it to Jonathan Mingo more, and then that's not working either. Like, there's the amount of like missed opportunities with him was just horrendous. And then, yeah, it, it's just not working this offense at all. Bryce Young really hasn't flashed as a rookie. And I just think this is the kind of game where they're probably just going to look at Thielen as the only option that he could throw to, and they're going to try and defend that uh, and make him go elsewhere. And yeah, I just don't trust Adam Thielen. Uh, against this Atlanta team, well, like I said, is actually very good against defending wide receivers in fantasy this year. Isn't that weird, though, man, Jot? For a team that you talk a lot about on G'day Gridiron, Atlanta have been just weirdly good against passing teams. Yeah, their sector is pretty good. I mean, oh, man, you guys just trolling me this week. Oh, my God. That's weird. You have to remind me of that shotgun loss, too, because Mike Evans got 1.8. Mm. Oh, man. You guys got to like. You guys got to chill with these shotgun references. <laughs> Your boys in morning right now. But anyway, I digress. I think you know that's very um. It's very ironic how uh, both Herbert going down and Mike Evans being shit against the lads had to make it onto the Doctor Good Call segment. Yeah, but yeah, Dang, I saw it firsthand. Well. I saw it firsthand. That's what I'm saying here. So. By experience, I I totally get what Doctor Kukul is saying. I, I I just experienced it all in last in the last week, so I would be surprised the third guy coming up here has something to do with what happened in Shotgun last week. Now I can guarantee that's not true because this is the guy that I don't believe a lot of people are starting, but he has sort of taken the NFL by storm, you could say, in the last couple of weeks. Also, after taking a shot at Taylor last last like person I brought up. I will give him some credit on this one because he seemed to be the only person in the world that actually was in on this guy and thought he was going to help this team coming back. Uh, it's Joe Flacco. Um, now, he's been amazing the last two weeks. Like, the fact that, like, some of the numbers he's been putting up has been huge. And I think a lot of people are starting to look at that and they're thinking about maybe using him in the playoffs because, I don't know, they, they might have an injury quarterback position and having to stream someone. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put him down as someone who I think it, it drops off this week. Uh, the Bears again. I, I I've talked about this. I've gone blue in the face. I just think they're such an underrated defense, and I think this game is going to be so low scoring. If anyone's betting out there, take the under because I think between the Browns and the Bears, I think their offenses are going to be pretty anemic this week. Um, I wouldn't be taking a lot of options on either side of the ball. I think it's going to be a very low-scoring, grinded-out game, and both defenses are going to dominate. 
So I, I, I don't think this is the kind of game where Flacco is going to need to air it out because I don't think they're going to have a lot of scoreboard pressure on the other side. And just generally, I think the Bears team's going to be able to defend them well enough. So, yeah, I, I just I think this is where it ends for Flacco in terms of like his huge run. I think you're going to see him revert more back to a game manager. And I just don't think the fantasy points are going to be there for him this week. So if anyone's thinking about all of a sudden streaming him because of what they've seen the last two weeks, I think is going to be an issue this week. Oh, man, Josh, you buy into this. It's going to be at home against the Bears. Yeah, yeah, I okay. can see it. I mean, I, I can relate this back to my shotgun team and say that Josh Black is <laughs> his free agency. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's a free agent out there. It's not like I'm going to pick up any free agents anymore, especially with Herbert out. Um, but I think, yeah. Look, Joe Flacco, he's been pretty impressive the last couple of weeks, but uh, I think, you know, the Bears, I do agree, Taylor. I think they could be making a late charge for the playoffs somehow. I don't know. It's kind of weird with how weak the NFC is. They're only like a game or two back on the playoffs, so I think they could still make a late charge, and their defense is going to be huge in terms of that. I think the, I agree with you. The Browns' defense is just as good, so taking the under if you're better would probably be a good bet right there. But then again, we said that for Steelers and Patriots, and that that fucked up in the first half last week. So who knows with the NFL anyway? 100%. I mean, it, it would not surprise me at all if then Flacco goes out and just throws up another 20-something fantasy points. It just would not. But I, I get the formula here is that the Bears are all of a sudden got this resurgence that's coming from just having got their defensive line really humming. And it just gives – if you can put the pressure on, you can just reduce that release time for a quarterback by a fraction of a second. It just helps you defend us so much in the secondary. So, like, I totally get that. Um, man, I'm – I can't. I can't believe we are also talking about a world where we've got to talk down Joe Flacco. <laughs> yeah, I know. Again, and that's the thing, right? The, like when you look at this, you got to look. All right, this is a guy that, like, you know, not a huge amount of people are starting anyway. So you're like, oh yeah, taking him as a fade, whatever. It's more just to say, hey, look, don't look at the last two weeks and just go. I've got to yeah. like plug this guy in if I really need it. There are probably better waiver wire options this specific week. And if I was to like set a line, it would be quite a low line because obviously I'm taking on a guy that not everyone's starting and stuff like that anyway. So it was just a grouping of sort of older players, and they were all kind of all in different positions. It was like. You know, a bona fide stud this year, a guy that was killing it and overachieving, and then a guy who's just looked really good the last two weeks. So I was just sort of grouping those three together. Uh, I don't normally set a line for the fade, no. uh, but I, I was sort of looking around the 32 range for the three. Wow. But I was wondering here was your contribution for Flacco. I'm like, Matt. If he can get 9.5, which is essentially what we're saying, for instance, like OBJ, I'm saying I'm taking the over on nine. So I'm saying like nine and a half or more. I, I could see taking the under on Joe Flacco on nine. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is funny, though, because like he's been so good. Like if you look at his two starts, he's been way over that. Like it's, it's just so funny because he's absolutely dominating. Like it's, so it's crazy. But... Yeah, I just think it's I, – I honestly think that game's going to be so low scoring. Like, if I had a pick of the week, that is it. <laughs> wow. And 32 for all three, which includes a quarterback. And we all know, you know, it's just yeah. – um, it's so easy for quarterbacks to get points. Although, Flacco, not, not one who will escape pockets much. But, um, man, the offense has been there for him. So, so I like the boldness. We've got Keenan Allen with no Herbert 
and having Eastern shit on a stick. Adam Thielen, who's lost targets, but also is in a horrendous matchup for wide receivers. And then Joe Flacco, just because Joe Flacco, but also against Chicago, who've got this improved defense. So if I've got that reasoning right, mate, 32 points across those three, sounds like a shoo-in, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty much, mate. Uh, Yeah, like I said, those three, I'm just really, really worried about. And I kind of like the idea of taking three players, but none of them being running back, because I kind of take running back a lot in this segment. I just feel like... Uh, the matchups are sort of easier to dissect. Um, so, yeah, I just thought I'd go three positions, obviously, that aren't and just sort of grouping together, and they just happen to all be old fucks. Oh, now about that. Well, I love it. We've got uh, the Doctor. Of course, you catch him here every Saturday, and you can uh, catch him through Aussie NFL Fantasy. We've got Manjot Melly here too. He is at Pastry Press NFL. You're going to be back tomorrow for the starts of the week, Manjot? Of course, of course. Yeah. We'll get in the mailbag too. Doctor, thank you so much. We'll catch you next week. And, uh, mate, hopefully you'll help a bunch of people in their first week of playoffs because it's leave. It, it's win or go home at this point now. So, um, mate, it's, this is it. The stakes don't get much higher. No worries, mate. Penis pills in the mail. Thank you so much. I'm starting to run low. <laughs> 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 Thanks, mate. Hooroo. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. I know, Jim. <laughs> Coming past interference. <laughs> you got to get the husk on. It's just crazy that every week these disasters seem to get foiled within about a 45 to 50 minute period. Aussie? At least I'm winning something, boys, yeah. this year. Show I get a trophy, right? Four and four rhymes, by the way, and you know it. NFL? Baker. Baker, not the turd maker. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Is that the song? Like the massive turd that Randy Marsh did in South Park for any South Park fans out there. Fantasy. Hey, uh, Manjot, did I quickly hear you say there that Wood's getting touched? Because I think if you are going to yeah. do that, you should do that in your room, mate. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Don't do that here. <laughs> yeah. Hands where I can see them, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands up. Hands up. <laughs>